This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality, TV, and pop culture. Happy Thursday, best day of the week. We have so much to discuss today. We're going to talk some Bachelor. We're going to talk some Bravo. We're going to talk Netflix's perfect match. Hang on for the deep dive, though, because I tell I am just... <laughs> When I tell you I have some tea about Tom Schwartz and his secret girlfriend, I have some tea about Tom Schwartz and his secret girlfriend. But thanks for being here per usual. You know, I love you like a sis. Let's just go ahead and dive right in, kicking things off with our pop three. These are the three biggest Hollywood headlines of the week. Um, we're going to skip out on Megan Fox gaslighting the entire world with her uh, return to Instagram because we discussed that on the Patreon and extra pop this week. So if you want to hear that, go to patreon.com slash Morgan's pop talks, or the link is in the bio below or in the show description. But I want to start today with some bachelor drama uh, because Greer has been the talk of the town and Zach has been the talk of the town and Rachel Reckia has been the talk of the town. And I just find it very interesting. Of course, you know, I recap Bachelor every Friday on the Bachelor Brain Dump, but nothing so far in Zach's season has jumped out at me, you know, as worthy of being in the pot three. But I think this moment with Greer this week definitely deserves, you know, a little bit more discussion. So Basically, what happened, Zach got COVID in London, and they had to do Zoom dates, which is like, oh, my God, kill me slowly. Like, if I already hated watching two hours of The Bachelor, having to watch a Zoom date, two hours on The Bachelor, literally my worst nightmare. But you get Greer, who is already starting to spiral because her love language is tea, and Zach didn't take her on the tea date. So she's all nervous going into this Zoom date because she hasn't talked to Zach since he gave her the first impression, Rose, you know, the first 20 minutes that they knew each other. So she goes in and she says uh, something along the lines of, you know, I got COVID uh, last year at the end of the sales quarter, so I know how, you know, taxing it is when you're trying to get something done. And that's paraphrasing, obviously. And Zach's reaction has caught people by surprise. He's like, you know, uh, it's not the same. And, you know, I think me finding a wife is a little bit more important than Q4 on the books. And people had some reaction to that. Now, I will say for the most part, Zach has been pretty scandal-free in his tenure on The Bachelor, which is, you know, quite the opposite reaction that we had with Clayton, who I who I feel like the viewers thought could do no right. You know, I like to extend grace where where needed and Clayton needed needed some of it. We'll just put it that way. But um, 
yeah, this was very surprising. And people are like, why, why did he snap at her? And it's like, okay, let's just put it in the grand scheme of things. If he really did have COVID, he's probably tired. He's probably irritable. He's probably, you know, miscommunication. But then on the other hand, what I found the most annoying about this interaction with Zach is, okay, he says it once and Greer's like, oh, okay. You know, and then he says it again, like, twice. He's like, I just want to reiterate the fact that it's not the same. Like, okay, Zach, I, I got it the first time you said it, but Greer is now responding on social media, probably because she's seen that most people think that he was pretty rude to her about this. Um, she posted on Instagram, women who care about their careers are hot. And I got to say, retweet on that good one, Greer. So not only is Greer responding to some things that Zach said, Rachel Recchia is responding to some things that Zach said. In this last episode, once again, he references Rachel. So he's on this one-on-one date with Gabby and he says, last season, I thought that I knew someone and then I learned that I didn't. And this isn't the first dig that he's made towards Rachel. I heard it on night one. He's been doing all these Bachelor Nation podcasts. You know, he did one. that was like, okay, if this is you, then who was I with this entire journey? This is my fear for the season. People putting it on um, for the camera. And Rachel responded and said, on Tuesday, she tweeted and said, let's all be mindful and extend a little bit of compassion and grace towards the leads of the show. I honestly think her response was to Zach's little mishap with Greer because she knows what it's like to like maybe do a little oopsie. But I just thought that this was interesting because he's been, you know, subtly shading and it's nothing new. They do it all the time. Rachel and Gabby surely did it to Clayton. Um, But she even said on Ashley I's podcast earlier this month, I'm actually shocked at the kind of things I have heard, not only what I heard on your podcast and mainly that But even I heard night one, which is what I just referenced. She said, all this talk about I want someone who's authentic on and off camera as if me choosing or feeling stronger feelings for other people somehow made me not authentic or if us not aligning on certain important views makes him wrong. I think that Zach is like kind of having like the bachelor moment where it's like, it's about me, not about you. That's kind of how it felt with Greer. And we see it a little bit in the season trailer too, when he's talking to Jess, where Jess is upset and she's like, I haven't got a one-on-one date yet. And he's like, what does that matter? What do you mean? What does that matter? (laughs) Like you're not going to get engaged with somebody that you don't even have a one-on-one with. So I can see her frustration and it's giving, it's giving, this is my journey, not yours, but we'll reserve judgment. Let's move on to headline number two. Uh, Another week, another summer house feud, the house divided Kyle versus Carl this time around. And this one was really intense. So this week on Summer House, lots of tension in this episode, building up between Carl and Kyle. And it's just a matter of time before it explodes. You know, on one hand, you have Carl who feels underappreciated and underpaid maybe a little bit. And then Kyle feels like Carl is checked out, not living up to, um, you know, the expectations that he has for Carl as the VP of sales. Now, I think everyone pretty much agrees that most that both of them are in the wrong. Carl is, you know, soft quitting, which we've heard come about lately where you're just like emotionally checked out, but you don't pull the trigger and quit the job right away. Um, I, I don't 
it's hard because they're friends, right? Like we've all been there in a job that we don't really like that we're ready to move on from, but we're just not ready to, you know, walk out the door just yet. But obviously when you have years worth of friendship and this is, this is Kyle's baby. Um, I think you have to have a little bit more respect for the company and your friend in that response. Um, But on the other hand, I think for Kyle, you know, to use Carl's lowest moments of when he was drinking heavily and using against him to like prove his point is really not nice for somebody who's been friends for a very long time. It felt like to me, Kyle had a lot of harbored resentment. And if I were in Carl's shoes, you know, you hear your friend Kyle say that and then you think, is this how he really feels about me? Is this how he views me? Like, I thought that we were best friends and that this was just a rough patch, but like, this was all these years ago. And then you bring it out in this fight. Like, have these thoughts been living in your head this whole time that we were friends? And I also find it interesting that on Watch What Happens Live, Kyle like kind of doubled down on it. He was taking a lot of shots at Lindsay and I've seen snippets of interviews with with both Carl and Kyle with like third party media, like a page six or an Us Weekly. And I think what is interesting is that Kyle really has no problem saying uh, Carl's relationship uh, Carl's relationship with Loverboy has changed ever since Lindsay came along and Lindsay's in his ear and he was happy until Lindsay came. And then you have Carl who says you know, it's it's just, it's an ongoing journey. We're, we're learning how to move forward with our own lives. And, you know, me being sober, I don't really want to work for an alcohol brand. It, it just feels like different energy. And I haven't heard Carl ever say one thing bad about Kyle and Amanda's relationship. And I mean, how quickly people forget how bad Kyle and Amanda's relationship has been on the show. I eat last season screaming at each other, breaking each other's stuff, having agreements in writing that if Kyle couldn't get his drinking together, that he would have to pay Amanda's parents back for their wedding. That happened last summer. And we're weirdly on this high horse of, you know, digging up some of Carl's lowest moments when he's now been sober for a couple of years. And, you know, the argument is don't bite the hand that feeds you. Right. But you can outgrow a situation. Like I said, haven't you ever wanted to change jobs? Like we've all been there. It's just, you shouldn't mix friendship with business. And I think these two are learning that firsthand. I made a video earlier this week and I've been getting some backlash for it, but you know what? I'm 30 and I don't really care. (laughs) Like I've gotten to that place where it's okay. It's okay if we disagree, especially on something as stupid as summer house. It's going to be okay. I really had to learn like Morgan, don't take it so personally. It's a opinion about a reality show. But I was saying that, and I think a lot of this tension comes back to these lover boy events that they were doing last spring. I remember specifically Lindsay and Carl went on like this lover boy tour, like March, April. And obviously that's right before filming started. They came to Cleveland. That's where I met them the first time. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, wow, Carl and Lindsay are doing a lot of these, you know, 
Loverboy events. They were in Pittsburgh. They were in New Jersey. Now they're in Cleveland. They were going to Michigan. And I was like, I wonder if Kyle and Amanda ever do those. And that's like not a great thing to say. It kind of reiterates what Carl was saying is that I'm doing all of this extra stuff. You know, some people see me as a face. Of course, it you know, it's Kyle's company at the end of the day. But he's out there a lot more. So does that fall under his responsibility as VP of sales? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And I feel like if Lindsay was in Carl's ear about anything, it probably was something along those lines. Look, we're going to all these lover boy events. It's not really in your job description to do meet and greets with fans every day. Like, and I'm coming with you for free. You know, maybe we should be getting compensated for it. You know, people are saying, you're biased towards Lindsay and Carl because they're your friends. I wouldn't consider Carl my friend. I mean, I've talked to him maybe three times. So he's very nice to me. Don't get me wrong. But when I met Kyle at BravoCon, he was also very nice to me. And I have the wherewithal to be to not like blindly. I'm not I'm not stupid, you guys. I know that Lindsay is not the easiest person to get along with. If we're taking the Maya feud at face value, I think that Lindsay probably overreacted. I can't say for certain because we don't we didn't see it, but you know, I'm just throwing it out there, guys. I think they're both wrong, and I'm really sad about this. I want summer to be fun. Season seven, not fun. Okay, third and final headline in this week's pop three: the Chrisleys are shopping a new reality show, specifically Savannah. So on her latest episode of Unlocked with Savannah Chrisley, which is her podcast. She revealed that she's talking to a couple different production companies about doing another show. She said tons of production companies have reached out and networks that want to do a show. We're going to touch on where we're at today, mom and dad being gone, how we're coping with it, how we get through it. Um, she says also too, having two kids and all of us stepping in to make sure that they have what they need emotionally, psychologically, physically, all the things. I feel like there's a level of humor to it as well. Nanny Faye was there and she's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to walk down that highway any day. She's like, we'll call it bounce back Chris Lays or nanny knows best. And then Savannah says, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to allow this to stop us from moving forward. A couple thoughts here. Um, look, the kids got to secure the bag, right? There's nothing the kids can do about their parents being in prison. Now Savannah has this responsibility of taking care of their adopted sister, Chloe, Grayson, who's 16. So it's like, would it make for a great reality show? Yeah, it probably would. Would people watch it? Yeah, they probably would. Um, here's my question that I'm always wondering, where's Jace? What is he doing? How does he feel? I want to know. That's really why I want them to have another reality show because Chase Chrisley seems pretty far removed from it all. You know, he's, I don't know if he's been on Savannah's podcast. He hasn't, he doesn't like have a podcast of its own. I feel like every week I'm getting another Hollywood headline from Savannah and her podcast. And I'm like, I just want to know how Chase feels about it. What is he doing? I mean, I know he's engaged, so maybe he's focusing on his wedding, but. Who knows? Oh. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 
to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, deep dive time, and this week is juicy. As you know, every week on the IG, we open it up to you. What do you want to know more about this week? We're digging deep about Tom Schwartz, Vanderpump Rules, his potential secret girlfriend. Let's get into it with Elise. Hey, Morgan. This is Elise from Medford, Massachusetts. My deep dive submission is for all this Vanderpump Rules drama. Does Tom have a secret girlfriend? I need to know. Love the pod, and of course, love you like a sis. Elise, love you like a sis. Thank you for the deep dive submission. I'm just going to reiterate when I tell you I have tea about the secret girlfriend. I have tea about the secret girlfriend. But let's start at the beginning. I recently had this theory about Vanderpump Rules that this whole Tom Schwartz and Raquel thing to me seems a little far-fetched. And by a little far-fetched, I mean a lot far-fetched. I think that things can, in reality TV land, things can happen that are real and things can happen that are produced. For example, I think that Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney can go through a real divorce. I think that James Kennedy and Raquel can go through a real breakup. What are the chances that out of all the people in all the land and all of Hollywood and all of California, that Raquel and Tom decide to share a kiss while cameras are up, rolling at Sheena's wedding. What are the chances of that, right? Especially when you consider that the past couple of seasons of Vanderpump Rules have not been the greatest. I have been pretty vocal about the fact that I thought they should do a Tom Tom reboot where you know, Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval kind of move into the LVP role and they follow the staff of their restaurants who actually work at restaurants. They didn't go that route. I'm glad they didn't because we have real life stuff going on with the OGs that we are invested in, like the Bubba's divorce and James and Raquel and what's going on with Lala and Randall. But we get this scene last night talking about Sheena's podcast. And how Tom Schwartz went on Sheena's podcast and Sheena's kind of nudging Raquel and Tom together. And we have this sit down conversation between Lala, Katie and Raquel. And they're talking about that podcast. And, you know, Sheena's nudging Tom towards Raquel. You and Schwartz should make out. And Katie is like visibly annoyed by it. And she says, you know, if the roles were reversed during Sheena's divorce, if I would have been going up to Shay saying, oh, Shay, you should make out with Stassi. She didn't say Stassi, but just I'm just thinking of somebody else that's like in the filming world. Sheena Shay would lose her mind. And, you know, that's a fact. Katie is 100 percent right about that. But then you have Raquel. Entertain the idea in front of Lala Kent. Who will snipe you? Who will, Do you want to get popped? I, I mean, her words, not mine. 
and Katie Maloney. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would never date him seriously, but like maybe a kiss for good ratings. And I'm like, what? How do you even say that in front of them? So some stuff went down this weekend and I think it was very, very telling. So Sheena did this interview with Page Six saying that Katie gave her the green light for Raquel and Tom. So allegedly there was the situation in Las Vegas where they had a conversation and Katie was like, yeah, sure, go for it. Tell Tom and Raquel to kiss or whatever. That starts circulating on all the Bravo accounts. I posted it on my account. And so Katie responds by sharing text messages between herself and Sheena on her Instagram story. So it starts off by her saying, back in May, after we spoke in Vegas, I told Sheena I wasn't down for this. So here are some of the text messages. Sheena says, you literally told me in Vegas that you want Tom to move on because it'll make it easier. And you encouraged me to push him to move on. Katie says, I want Tom to move on. Of course, that's not really what I'm getting at. Then later, Katie says, you only, and this is important. Katie says, you only want to be there for him and you're using him to create drama and I'm not here for it. And then Sheena responds to that text message and says, I've been stressed, raising a kid, wondering if I still have a job, yada, yada, yada. And that right there to me is an admission of guilt by Sheena Shea. I want to like do the gavel on my desk, but I will shake my microphone, my uh, computer, my camera is the word that I was looking for before I couldn't remember that I was speaking English. Um, That right there tells me everything I need to know. And I even said in that Instagram post that I did that I feel like Sheena, being the reality TV veteran that she is, on reality TV for almost 10 years now, no knew that Vanderpump Rules was in trouble. Everybody knew it. We as viewers knew that it was in trouble. You know, COVID was rough. Obviously, you can't shoot a show about the restaurant industry in the middle of COVID. She says, I've been stressed raising a kid, wondering if I still have a job. What can Sheena do to save the show? And not even just Sheena. This could have been a conversation with multiple cast members. But is it really out of the realm of possibility for a few of them to get together and say, well, how crazy would it be if Raquel got with Dom Schwartz after going through two huge breakups? How crazy would that be? That would be such good TV. Katie even says it right before Sheena says that. She says, you're using him to create drama. And so to me, this reads as Sheena and maybe others using Katie's divorce to get a better season of Vanderpump Rules. I don't know. I don't know. So now let's talk about Tom, potentially him having a girlfriend that's not Raquel. So first there's this blind item set into Bravo and Cocktails. Great Instagram account. Go give them a follow. I asked how reliable the source is. They said very reliable. This is what the blind says. It says this bar star ex-husband has been telling the press it stings about his ex-wife's romance. She doesn't and has never had a boyfriend since their breakup. He, on the other hand, has a girlfriend he practically lives with. No, it's not the girl from the show that he made out with, but is a girl who is friends with someone in their circle. Seems like someone is scared that if it comes out he has a girlfriend who basically lives with him, 
he'll be painted as that guy. Easier to make it seem like his ex moved on first. So I was speaking with Bravo and Cocktails, and they gave me a little bit more um, from their submission page. This other submission said, this girl, Tom Short's alleged girlfriend, doesn't want the limelight or to be a part of the VPR drama. That's why all of her socials have gone private, which they have. She has been around the group for years and is super sweet and well-liked, although my source says otherwise. I'll get to that in a second. He's protecting her privacy by not talking about her and revealing their relationship. Um, so we all know, well, we all don't know, but it's out there on accounts like Bessa Bravo and Bravo and Cocktails that her name is Joe. She's a hairdresser. She was friends with Kristen Doty and she did Kristen's hair. She did Tom Sandoval's hair and uh, her Instagram is now private. She no longer has a website. And that photo that Raquel posted that started this whole Instagram drama this weekend to begin with of her and Schwartz right outside of Schwartz and Sandy's. The caption says, just cause, you know, really causing an internet stir. Bravo and Cocktails posted a photo of Raquel and Joe, the other girl together the same day. Raquel's wearing the same exact outfit and they're at Schwartz and Sandy's. Deflection? Misdirect? I mean, hello. To me, it couldn't be any clearer and this just goes to reiterate the fact that the whole schwartz and raquel thing is just a a tv prop when really tom could potentially be seeing this other woman joe so here's the tea on tom's alleged girlfriend from my source a reliable source this person had heard around Thanksgiving that she was introducing herself as his girlfriend but to this day tom says that's not my girlfriend. So the relationship is very undefined. This girl was best friends with Kristen Doty. But when she and Tom started seeing each other more frequently, she cut contact with Doty and they no longer speak. She's also another person who knew Katie and Tom together as a couple, not very well, but that Katie knew her better than Tom because of Kristen. All righty. And it's not for certain whether or not she's like officially moved in or that she lives with Tom. But I think the interesting thing is that the timeline of this is all around the same time. So the report started coming out in November that Tom had this live in girlfriend. And like my source said, it was around Thanksgiving that she was introducing people as his girlfriend. So that's very interesting. One last point before we wrap up the deep dive. Um, Why Raquel is getting more heat, in my opinion, than Tom Schwartz about this whole debacle. I'm reminded a lot of Erica Jane and Jen Shaw. Follow me here. I know you're like, what the heck? What the two are not the same. I said a lot when it came to Erica and Jen, Jen we know now is in prison. She was actually convicted of something while Erica has yet to be charged with anything. So why were people um, so much harsher on Erica as they were Jen Shaw in the moment? And it all comes down with the way they act on social media. We as humans forget about things rather quickly. I mean, I mentioned it before. We all pretty much forgot about the fact that Kyle and Amanda were screaming at each other all season last year, you know, breaking their stuff, throwing their suitcases out on the front porch. When it comes to 
Tom and Raquel, who's the one that is fanning the flames on social media? It's not Tom. It's Raquel. Raquel at every op at every opportunity is doing something to make people talk about this, whether it's showing up, you know, at a BravoCon event in a Tom Tom hoodie, being in the same room as Katie and Tom in like this little exclusive VIP event, or whether it's, you know, her posting this photo just because Tom Schwartz isn't doing that, which is why the focus, in my opinion, is more on Raquel, even though they're both at fault. Okay, that's it for the deep dive. Let's wrap up this week's episode with my thoughts on Perfect Match, this hit new Netflix show that has singles from Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, The Ultimatum, The Mole, you know, all these things. They come together. They try to find love. It's pretty much Love Island, but on Netflix. Y'all have been blowing me up in the DMs about this. And I have to be honest, I don't love it. What am I missing? Somebody tell me what I'm missing and maybe I need to give it more time because I'm only three episodes in, I think at this point, maybe four. The last episode I saw was when Francesca started to get into this big fight with Savannah over Dom. And I know that more people come in and it gets juicier or whatever, but I'm really uninterested at this point in time. I don't find anyone on the show to be all that likable. Um, Carousel drives me up a wall. Like it's really difficult for me to sit and watch her for an hour. Chase drives me up a wall. I don't like the moment with Francesca and Savannah. There's just nobody that I'm really like, I want to see them find love. If Chloe would have been the first person out, I probably would be invested in it. Like you need... You need the heavy hitters first, and I don't feel like we got a lot of heavy hitters. And, you know, I think the reason why I'm so turned off to this show is because I view it as a waste of my time because on social media, like, we know that these people have moved on and are in other relationships. We know that Francesca is with somebody that she didn't meet on perfect match. You have Georgia that was in a relationship. You have all these other people that you see online that are in these relationships and you're supposed to sit and watch them on a show, try to find their perfect match when you know, like it doesn't work out. So what's the point? I mean, we are so oversaturated with reality dating shows. You have two hours of the bachelor on a Monday night. You have love Island Every single night, you know, you have love is blind. You have after the altar, you have the reunion, you have Nick Vial's two hour and 40 minute podcast, the Raven tell all that you got to listen to who has the time, who has the time. I also just feel like these shows prioritize the length of the show as opposed to like the quality of the show. I say it with The Bachelor, all the live long day does not need to be two hours. We watched Zach talk to Katie through a wall and have flashbacks. We're five weeks in. We don't need flashbacks of Katie's dates with Zach. It happened last week. We remember it. If this show was 30 minutes an episode, it would be so much better. I don't need to see like six-minute conversations between – 
and Sophie, and I can't even remember the guy that she was with. I don't need to see eight-minute conversations between Nick and Savannah. Like, I don't care. I just don't. So will I give it more time? I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I don't want to, but for the people, by the people. So if you tell me to do it, I'll probably cave to peer pressure and do it. So DM me if you want me to. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Another episode of MPT in the books. It's been a while since I got a review. So if you have not reviewed the show yet, please do so. Drop a love you like a sis. Give us a five-star rating. It goes a long way in the heart of little Morgan. Oh, breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. You know, that's my breaking news jingle. Special guest next week, Bachelor Nation's Andrew Spencer is going to be joining the podcast. So keep an eye out on Instagram. I'm going to open up a question box. So if you guys want to ask Andrew a question yourself, I will be taking questions from you. Bachelor Brain Dump happens Friday on the Patreon. You can click the link in the podcast description below $3 a month. And we will recap this week's episode of the bachelor and also break down other bachelor nation heads up headlines. If not, I'll see you next week. Love you. Like a sis. Bye. A Huda media production.